Mm-hmm. Testing. Uh-oh. It's recording, but I don't hear you, Seb, if you're talking. Oh, wait. I think I heard something. There we go. There it is. <laughs> So let me get this straight. Between the two of us, we work for tech companies that have hundreds of billions of dollars in market cap, hundreds and thousands of employees, and we can't get <laughs> our thing to work. That's classic. I mean, if you want to take that as an allegory for the information technology <laughs> industry as a whole, I wouldn't dissuade you. Or it could be we're just inept. I don't know. Uh, you know what? Like the like the little girl in the commercial for the taco shells. Can't we have both? Yeah. Are, they, are, they, are those mutually exclusive? No, I think you know in the um, the play Waiting for Godot. I think you could argue is both an allegory and a portrayal of two idiots fumbling around, <laughs> not knowing what they're doing. So yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was. You know what? If if anything, that was just high comedy. But you know what? It Listen, was. F- fan will fan will be happy to know that we survived and surmounted incredible yes. technical obstacles to bring That's you this right. podcast fan so <laughs> better enjoy right. the shit out of it appreciate it fan <laughs> yeah, exactly right we did this for you <laughs> oh seb what's going on man well i'm very happy to hear your voice after yes. missing you for all last week yes yes it is uh, good to hear your voice as well the uh it was a very busy week for both of us last week for whatever it, reason but it's you know it's it, it's a good problem to have Right? It is. Um, you know, I think I don't know if you and I have talked about it, but but definitely a little bit of, I'll call it California tech bubble survivor's guilt, right? Because <laughs> nothing has changed from a volume of work perspective. Right. Yeah, um, I know. Same. Yeah, and so it's like, uh, you know, I could complain about the fact that I still have my job and it's, oh, and so many people want to buy our product. I know, and, I know, oh, geez, I know. they just keep asking me to come and tell them about the awesomeness of this product. And it's like, um, I, but I actually do think there's something real because I, you and I probably both have um, in our expanded friendship circles or even our close friendship circles, people who have been tremendously impacted by oh, yeah. by covid and you know the economic shutdowns that occurred because yeah. uh, we, and and you know what what you want to be supportive of those people um but it's not really something where you be like you know people ask you how i'm doing i'm like eh, i'm okay you know yeah yeah, 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 by. yeah yeah so yeah there's <laughs> i don't <laughs> don't really feel like covid gloating no yeah, I'm doing you know. great. <laughs> this is fantastic. You know, best thing that ever happened. To yeah. <laughs> Complicated in my case because uh, you know we've been sort of watching all the follow-up scans uh, after mm. completing cancer treatment last year. Yes. And every quarter goes by, and there's another clear scan, and my doctors get more and more like visibly happy mm, yes <laughs> which is yes so that's made the last year quite nice actually it is and and <laughs> and i think that's the that's the thing because we live in this interconnected society right it's it's how do you how do you balance feeling good about things that are happening for you that are positive when yeah. there's so much that is happening on a yeah. on a macro scale that's negative right and it's yeah 
it's, I mean, I just, I hadn't, I actually, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, Seb, I hadn't looked at the numbers in a little while and I had no, I mean, I knew we were past a half million, but I had no idea. I think we're up to 550,000 now. Like That's right. Yeah. We're closing on 600. And my yeah, concern is that grim. it's, well, and my concern is that it's similar to what happens when people start talking about the debt. Um, you know, it's like, oh, the debt is right, X trillions right, of right, dollars. Right. And it's a number that is so big as to have difficulty really fathoming what, you know, yeah. a, a billion dollars is, let alone a trillion dollars, right? So, and I yeah. think I think we're starting to reach that phase where people are just like, oh, it's, you know, 600,000 dead or approaching 600,000 dead. And we're really not dealing with what the fuck that means. Mm. Yeah, like, I mean, yes, except that I do feel like um, a, uh, whatever, the, the countervailing action is that, um, as the numbers ratchet up, more and more people have some kind of direct personal experience with loss, um, which yeah. is a terrible thing. Um, yeah. But it does, you know, it connects people to the unfolding, ongoing tragedy in a way that that the you know debt or, um, does not. Right. True. Um, so there, it is grounded in something that we can make sense of as long as we have enough empathy to imagine what we like to lose somebody from your family or whatever. Like it's. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the, the, uh, the, the chasm that may be too far, right. To bridge is mm. that it seems like, um, folks on the, on the Republican side have completely obliterated their ability to have any kind of empathy for anybody at this point. Yeah, even people the in their own tribe. <laughs> yeah, you, right. 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 You know, I mean, I think the, uh, and, and I think you and I are both old enough to remember, um, you know, just the sweeping um, AIDS epidemic, right? And I, I remember that people started to change when individuals in their families were That's impacted right. by it. Like it was a That's cousin right. or an uncle or, you know, right. somebody that they didn't necessarily know, but, you know, they loved that person. And, you know, they weren't like, you know, the bad people in San Francisco or the bad people in New York. This was uncle so-and-so who got sick. And I, I, I just remember seeing that slowly, start to change where, you know, we weren't punishing the victims. We were trying to have empathy for those who were suffering. Right. And, and in that we, we started to rehumanize um, people who, well, some of us had always had, obviously, you know, the human aspect yeah. for, for AIDS patients, but those who had dehumanized them, I think started yeah. to rehumanize them again. And right. To your and there's things like, like um, that really super courageous um, boy, Matthew, oh, yeah. Ryan I White. his last name, Ryan, Ryan White. White. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember thinking, wow, that kid has had an outsized impact. Like, yeah, because I'm talking about, you know, humanizing it and, and just remove, removing it from the, the absurd, like, um, bigotry around homosexuality. Like, you know, if, if somebody was reserving their sympathy or their empathy for <laughs> bogus, christian reasons mm. then you could say here's a child right and there's like yeah. justify this like a you child can't who's say a hemophiliac like yeah. <laughs> yeah i guarantee you he wasn't out on fire island like this kid did nothing to bring this on he wasn't an iv drug user all of those yeah. tropes that you yeah you were talking exactly. about exactly right and so exactly and um, you know i mean it's sort of like same thing you said before, you, you, you know, you hope that it doesn't take that kind of, of uh, uh, whatever, uh, more, um, 
I don't know, uh, relatable tragedy. It seems like a yes. stupid thing yes. to even say. Yeah. It's like yeah. a tragedy is a tragedy, right? For humans. Like the tragedy is the moment you're born, you're going to die. Like that's the universal, <laughs> right? And I mean, the idea that, the, that, uh, that somehow like some tragedies are hit closer to home or something has always been mystifying to me, but that's who we are. So yeah, now, well, hopefully it, that gets better. So, <laughs> well, you know, we have some data points that might prove that that we should not be as hopeful, right? I, I, I mean, we've talked about it on yeah. this podcast, you know, Sandy Hook, kind of fucked I know. up. I mean, if, if, you know, defense attorneys and prosecutors actually talk about, you know, quote unquote, perfect victims, right? I know. And, and so I have that. And, and just based on the, the language that I hear I coming from the far right, I, it goes to what you said, Sebastian. I don't know. It's almost like the empathy engines have turned off. I know. On the other side, it's, it's. I just don't. I don't believe. I think there's a small core for whom um, there's no way to reverse that. I think that there's a lot of people um, who are going along because mm. they're followers. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, there's some short-term personal benefit, either real or perceived. Um, from belonging to the, you know, the, the, the bullies social circle, right? Like, you know, well, at least yeah, they don't get yeah. beat up at lunch. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ooh, thank and God I'm not your that little guy. Sister, your little brother has their lunch money stolen by the bullies and you go like, wait a minute. Okay. I really do have to start behaving better. Like this is wrong. You know, oh, I mean, this, I think, this does impact me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or someone I love again. Right. Again, it shouldn't, require that but that often is the catalyst right um and you know i mean there are societal level examples of of that kind of of um teaching of a lesson that don't require necessarily direct impact on a person's life like um the the nuremberg trials um i think that did a lot to realign Germans um, mm, in, mm-hmm. in a non-Nazi way. <laughs> They're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's really bad. I didn't realize that was aligned with all of that stuff. Or yeah. the truth and recon- reconciliation process in South Africa after apartheid, right? That yeah. was an incredibly powerful mechanism for starting to, uh, to restructure that society along peaceful and um, heterogeneous, uh, you know, societal lines, not um, a hierarchy based on, on, you know, uh, um, some kind of, well, racist structure. Um, And it, and it was so beautifully nonviolent, right? I mean, just, just truth and reconciliation in the, in the title, the so much of what kept apartheid in place was the fear being promulgated by its leaders that if it was overthrown, there'd be, Mm. you know, riot, and bloodshed and murder and blah, 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 blah. And instead the reaction was, okay, we got rid of apartheid. So now we want truth and reconciliation. Yeah. It was very powerful. It, it, it was and, and is, and I think still serves as, yeah, yeah. As, as hopefully a model. It, you know, the, I, I, I would offer that what the truth and reconciliation committee had going for it was, I think at its heart, you know, I need, I need numbers. Right. So if there were, you know, I'd say that there were probably maybe five to 10% of, you know, Afrikaners, maybe, maybe 20% who really believed in what they were saying. And I think going to what you talk about, there were maybe a large number of people who were just going along with it. And once, right. Once it was articulated to them and shown to them that it was wrong, they made their own choices. Now I guarantee you there's, 
you know, some people who will never change um, in South that's Africa. Right. And, and that's right. Yeah. But it's, yeah, but that's always true. There's always going to be a, uh, you can find the most heinous position mm-hmm. um, and some minority of, of folks out there will, will believe that. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, that's just, you know, we, we are distributed on some kind of <laughs> Thurman-esque <laughs> yes, curve, that right? Is true. And the further out you get, um, the weirder the, the beliefs, but I, tell you, I, those... I do really believe that the, the, the lump in the middle is a basically decent bunch of folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just they, get confused they, sometimes. They are. They, 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 and I think you're right. It's those, per, it's those people two and three standard deviations from the mean um, right. that you, that you, on both sides, right. That you yeah. really need to watch out for, but that's right. Uh, indeed. That's right. Indeed. Uh, I'm trying to think what is, it's been, again, I, I continue to put out there. Yeah. We, I, I think after next week, we really we should really try a daily podcast just for a couple of days, just to see if we That'd can be, force. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. See just, if we can do like even like a fifteen to thirty minute. Yeah, chunk. just like a like a quick hit of the day. Like, oh my goodness! Like, right. so I think before you last time you and I talked, um, the Derek Chauvin trial had had not begun. Oh God! Um, yeah. I know, right? And you talk Ugh. about. You talk about Talking reliving about the trauma. small minority that have, yeah, no kidding. And also the small minority that are just horrible human beings. It is. That guy's top of my list. It, it, it is. Oh, and the defense attorneys uh, right up there too. You know, I, I understand that everybody has a need for a vigorous and aggressive defense. You know, my, my concern is that defending somebody has, has now come into legitimizing what they did, right? That's so right. as the defense attorney brings up, you know, and we've seen this trope over and over again that, um, you know, that George Floyd was a big angry black man and talking about the size difference yeah. between Derek Chauvin and George Floyd. And it's like, yeah, you know, that has nothing to do with an untrained, unlearned technique of, you know, restricting somebody's airway for, and I think now mm-hmm. the actual time is closer to nine minutes. Um, like, I think all That's of right. us, you know, like, and so it, and now to come to find out that the crime was even worse because it went on for longer than we anticipated. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, and, and, and there was, there happened to be a firefighter trained in EMT right there saying, begging to get access yes. to him to try yeah. to save his life. And they were like, Nope. You I know, mean, you know, I can't, I can't, I mean, back to the defense strategy. I, again, I agree with you. Everybody deserves a, a, a full defense, you know, mm-hmm. full, um, fully sort of invested defense team. However, it yeah. does feel like the defense has an ethical duty not to step over boundaries of, you should be, you know, challenging the beyond a reasonable doubt aspect of it, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, which is pretty hard to do in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the absence of any, you know, uh, real argument for, uh, for <clears throat> question that beyond a reasonable doubt, you don't go after the victim. You don't go after, you don't try to legitimize that. You don't like the way that, that they have been behaving is just to me, ethically not okay. I mean, it's, it, uh, it seems to feel that at least I feel that there should be some, and I want to be very careful, but it, it should be some kind of censure. Like, you know, when, right. like when Sidney Powell and Giuliani were filing all those frivolous lawsuits, right. like there should be a right. punishment for doing things that right. are not in, 
with, with, very, with a very high standard. Like yeah, you don't want it to be deployed willy-nilly, obviously, because it would turn into a, just another, mm-hmm. uh, you know, strategy to be deployed. But like, it's clear in, in some cases, in, the, in those two cases that, you know, the one we're, we're discussing right now, the, the, yeah. it's obvious that they're outside the bounds of ethical behavior. And like, they are the m- members of a bar, right? It's supposed <laughs> to be self-regulating. Like it's supposed to be upholding professional standards of ethics. Yes. Like, I mean, and to me, if they're not going to do it, then there has to be some kind of escalation, right? If the bar is not going to live up to its responsibility as a professional association to police its own, then there needs to be some way to override them and go like, no, actually, we all think that you're wrong and not punishing that. <laughs> yeah, it's well, <clears throat> I think when you talk about, you know, civilian review boards from police officers, right. um, I've seen some articles that talk about civilian review boards for some doctors that we've seen that, yeah. you know, continue to get to practice medicine despite, um, you know, <laughs> horrific and longstanding crimes. I think, you know, yeah. Nasser at Michigan State, I think, right. um, oh my goodness, the gentleman's name, I'm going to forget, but the, the one who just settled at USC, right, for a couple of billion dollars right. who was, you know, molesting women for upwards of 29 years. And, you know, yeah. just all of these things that continue to happen. And I, and I, I have a little, just a smallest scintilla of understanding for people who claim that the systems are letting them down. Now, I'm definitely not on the board with the Capitol Riders in terms of, because I think there's a lot of false narratives in terms of who's the system, but there is no. something to the fact of, you know, the, the institutions that are supposed to protect us um, are failing in their duties. And, you know, yeah. I think one side feels they want to burn them all down. And the other side is trying to put teeth into these things to try and get back. And, and well, and, and the, the side that wants to burn them all down, I mean, that's just, um, it's the hypocritical game that Mm. the Republicans have been playing for 30, 40 years of working the refs, right. And saying like, Oh, the rules aren't fair. Oh, the rules aren't fair so that they can get away with what they want to get away with. They don't actually want an unruly crowd to storm the Capitol because as we saw, they scurried like little bugs because they were afraid of an angry mob, just like everybody else was like, well, not Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson said he was definitely not afraid. He said he would have been more afraid if it was a Black Lives Matter or an Antifa mob. But he said, you know, those those nice Capitol protesters, I I didn't feel fear at all. Like, really? That's Uh, and and where were you again when all this happened? (laughs) You should have stayed. You should have greeted them with open arms on the floor if you had nothing to fear. Like that's right. Oh, by the way, I'm not sure if you remember this. Um, one of the things that came up in the news lately is apparently, and I wasn't aware of this, but apparently, according to Mitch McConnell. The filibuster has no racist history whatsoever. That's right. Yeah. So it's quite the relief, isn't it? Yeah. Thank goodness. You know, um, <laughs> and I think it just continues this trope on. Oh, by the way, fan, that was sarcasm, by the way. Sebastian <laughs> and I were just doing sarcasm. Um, but it continues this trope that wow, in Republicans get an earful. <laughs> I know. Right. Probably. <laughs> well, fan doesn't have our number. So, <laughs> I mean, we appreciate that they listen, but they really can't contact us. <laughs> um, it's the Isn't idea that, related to you biologically well well one fa- the biological fans yes they can definitely uh they definitely know how to reach us yeah um, we hope but so. you know the, the non-biological <laughs> fan <laughs> they, they get Wait, nothing we have non-biological fans i'm biologically related to us fans sorry yes, all right, I all right. <laughs> it makes more sense when you add more words <laughs> 
it was it was um, some ai listening to I know, right? right now I'm like, oh, they have a point <laughs> they do like i think it's i always have this image that i think the government is maybe sometimes listening to you and i and like they just stop listening after five minutes like they're just like no nope, <laughs> these guys aren't talking anything that's a danger to anything <laughs> they're okay yeah we can ignore them yeah exactly they're safe no i, I was so I, I was you know that going back to our buddy mitch you know this whole idea that at least in some sort of Republican circles, it seems interesting that nothing today is ever related to anything that happened yesterday. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, to wit, uh, him warning Delta and Coca-Cola that corporations really should stay out of politics. Wow. <laughs> I have a Supreme Court ruling that says the exact opposite. <laughs> well, actually, you know, he's I... got a bank, bank account that's full of reasons why that is hypocritical. <laughs> Well, you know, it's I, actually I am glad now that the Republicans are all about, um, you sure. know, cancel culture. Uh, apparently, let's um, get on board, and you know, we can unite with them to overturn Citizens United. That'll be yeah, great. right. We're both on the same side now, right? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the the idea that, um, well, well, one, I think that I'm glad that the corporations stood up. I wish they would have stood up initially because some of the initial yeah. conversation around that Georgia law. Um, you know, the vacillating both sides. Um, hey, we're just a we're just a little old airline flying out of, flying out of Atlanta, you know. Um, we don't really <laughs> Yeah. They needed to be pushed to this by, you know, in many cases they're they're black and, and BIPOC executives, right? So that's right. Um, yeah, you get credit for doing the right thing. You would have got more credit if you did the right thing initially. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say no, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, well, but I but I think it kind of going back to what you and I talked about before, it's this idea that as things move on the metronome, um, yes, the metronome sling, swings side to slide, sl- side to side slowly, but it, it is moving. I mean, the idea yeah. that, you know, Coke and Delta um, and I'm trying to think there was a third one. Was it American Airlines? No, Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball. Right? Yeah. You know, those are... That commie organization. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, but by the way, Sebastian, I thought that this is what the Republicans wanted, right? Private enterprise making a decision based on its economic interest without uh-huh. a government edict. Like, that was supposed to be... That's Adam Smith, right? The invisible hand is there. That's right. <laughs> Um, just doesn't Republicans just don't like when the invisible hand slaps them upside. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You know, and, and you know, and you know, with this, but we've seen this before, right? You know, with Nike and and Colin Kaepernick and and yeah. you know, people people burning the things that they have already purchased, like. <laughs> I guarantee they really you, don't get how it works. They don't get this. Not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You know. So, but I. But what I also see is corporations doing a little bit better job making sure that they are on the right side of history because yes. they understand um, because they understand how history works and they understand that a loud minority is never <laughs> going to spend more money <laughs> than a, you know, that bubble in the middle you and I were talking about, right? That, that yeah. bubble in the middle is, is massive from an economic yeah. standpoint and you want to make sure you serve that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I do think that um, corporations are basically amoral. Yes. Um, 
and they do follow the money. And this is a very, very good sign because they think that the, the demographic war is a foregone conclusion yeah. and the demographic war is going to drive political power. And, and it's already done. Like this is, this is a rear guard action on the part of the Republicans um, to try to, you know, to, I mean, they just keep, they're scraping the, the further and further and mm-hmm. further down the bottom of the barrel of like, how about white supremacists? Will you support us? Like, you know? <laughs> well, but you and I have talked hey, about Storm this. Hey, Stormfront, <laughs> exactly, will you right? buy plates at our fundraiser? <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh. Yeah, it's, well, I, and I think in, you know, and, and, and the internet, ha- the interwebs have such a giving soul. I think the idea was that, you know, when he was talking about the boycott, there's a Twitter picture of Trump with a Coke bottle hidden behind his phone. Yes. Right. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think all of you should boycott them, but not me. <laughs> He's fantastic. He's he, just, he, he is, is the gift just, that keeps on giving, isn't he? Oh, just, I mean, if he wasn't an enormous, uh, force of social destruction and uh, grift and human suffering, I would find him so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. It was... Uh... Other than all... <laughs> you know, I guess Hitler was probably funny other than the whole... Yeah, you know, I mean, you, just didn't get, you just didn't get to know him. Like, I mean, secretly That's in the right. bunker, that guy told hysterical stories, right? <laughs> like, you know, oh, but... God. Well, you know, this... We... we and I'm going to bring in a superhero reference um, because I'm a big fan of the Marvel Universe. And, I'm, of course, with my family, I'm watching The Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, on Disney+. Oh, cool. Plus. We are not compensated by them in any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> but if they want to but, send us yeah, right, But if they want to send us a couple of uh, nickels, you know, we'll definitely not, not refuse them. But one of the, um, one of the, the villains in there, I'm not going to go into the setup, his quote uh, is something to the effect of, you know, we create heroes and we create symbols – we put them on pedestals and then we forget their flaws. And, hmm. you know, I know you and I have talked about, you know, some of the problematic figures um, of history of our past and some of the very problematic figures of history in our present. And it's just this idea that once somebody gets elevated to something like somehow they are washed clean from everything that they did. Like, you know, mm-hmm. once Trump became president, it was like, oh, well, he's going to be a brand new guy. And I'm like, have you heard the story of the scorpion mm-hmm. and the frog? Do you do you understand <laughs> that 70-year-olds don't change? <laughs> much, much. Much, yeah. yeah um, well, I'm certainly I, not, not ones that have been caught doing terrible things and have shown yeah. no remorse over. Not the narcissistic and ones. And over and <laughs> they, over and over. Ah, it is. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me a thousand times. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with me? Yeah, exactly. I have a. Have you seen Charlie Brown in the football? Like, do we do we need to play this for you over and over again? Yeah, it's um. Well, I think you know the. Uh, for those of us who live in California, you know, it's sometimes it's not the earthquake. Sometimes it's the aftershock. Right. So mm-hmm. the earthquake, you know, lasted four years. But my concern is that the aftershocks continue to shake the oh, foundations. God, yeah. I mean, we, we need here. a 9-11 style commission to look into January 6th <laughs> desperately. And we need to hold the members of Congress who are complicit and who aided and abetted that insurrection held accountable. I mean, that was that was a, a freaking coup attempt it, against it, the United States, States government. government. Yeah. And, you know, like. 
we don't, <laughs> if we brush that over, we are really, really, really stupid and we deserve what comes next. Yeah. And what comes next is not pretty. And frankly, the rest of the world would be really pissed at us. <laughs> well, you know, if, because if after we, that close brush, we just go like, oh, well, that'll never happen again. Yeah, right. Thank God we avoided that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think so. It's the, well, it, it, so, and I, you know, when we talk about the January 6th, you know, I'm reading some articles that talk about, you know, they're already starting to lower expectations around who's going to go to prison and who's going to go to jail and who's going to, how much time they're going to spend. And I'm like, interesting when it was low level drug offenses in Detroit and Philadelphia and New York and all the major cities, like you just couldn't build prisons fast enough. Now right. there seems to be a different population that may be experiencing you know, jail time. What's, and what's different about them? I don't know. What is I it? Don't, if there was only a way to identify some outward characteristic that was different about <sighs> the mayonnaise mob versus <laughs> versus <laughs> the inner there city. There was some word in the movement <laughs> that attracted all the negative attention <laughs> that might suggest why... Uh, uh, if only we had a way to identify the Tarjay terrorists. Um, <laughs> and, and also, you know, circling back to the Georgia law, just oh, the, oh. the the level of oh. stupidity that Roberts demonstrated in that judgment, oh. uh, that, uh, that opinion saying, oh. like, oh, times Shelby. have changed. Like, Sh in give me a break. Well, you know, I, I has I know there been a wronger Supreme Court decision? I mean, it was instantaneous. Uh, like it was I, just immediately like, oh, good, we don't have to actually uh, have equal access to voting. Terrific. Well, I, Thanks. I think you might in, in modern times. I don't think so. And I have I was having this discussion with a couple of friends of mine uh, when the law first came out, and we settled yeah. on um, Plessy versus Ferguson. Um, you know, the whole separate but equal doctrine from the Supreme mm, Court in terms mm -hmm. of something that set forth, something that legitimized abhorrent behavior <laughs> and, and literally- I just wonder, up. I mean, it's it's been less, it's been what, three years since <laughs> since Robert's decision? Like, since uh, that decision? Like, when was Shelby uh, versus Holder? It was, it was Shelby versus Holder, right? If I remember Yeah, correctly. you're right, you're right, you're right, yeah. Um, it might be a little Hang bit on. longer- I know. What's the what did the interweb say? Um, I'm I'm looking. I'm looking. I know. I'm I think very it was quietly I'm, typing. I know. I'm gonna say it was. <laughs> it was definitely during Obama's administration. So I'm thinking 14, 2014, 2013. Uh, definitely during Obama. So pre-2016. Let's just call it that. Oh wait, wait. 2013. You're right. Mm, um, okay. uh, there was something more recently, though. That's what I was. Oh, I think they're I think they're looking at a current case right now. Um, Maybe that's what it is. That, anyway, that talks. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, that could it further eviscerate like, like <laughs> lightning, lightning response to start like taking, you know, uh, uh, whatever really, uh, malignant advantage of a, of a dumb Supreme Court decision really, within within they, years, a couple of years. Really didn't wait at all. No. You know, and no, I guess the same reaction will happen if if Roe v. Wade actually does get overturned. They'll they'll you know they'll move that quickly as well. I I think you might have something different with Roe v. Wade because, and I hate to say this, um, all types of ethnicities of women 
um, get yeah, pregnant, and all sorts, all types of ethnicity of women sometimes choose for whatever their personal reasons not to carry those pregnancies to term. Um, and I think you may, or or it may end up where we have, you know, two, <laughs> where we have two separate healthcare paths, right? You know, yeah. you have some women who are going to Canada or going to Switzerland or going to EMEA, which is what we had in the 60s, yeah. right? Before Roe v. Wade. Well, there may be, frankly, uh, we still have two healthcare systems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, you know, I'm going to push you back a little bit. I think we have three healthcare systems. We have, <laughs> well, you know, we have. So less equitable rather than yes, more equitable. It's, e- it's even less equitable. <laughs> even worse. Um, and I would just put that, that we have this large swath of people in the middle, right? You know, we always talk about that, the people in the middle, some, you know, who have private health insurance or some combination where healthcare, you know, they're able to meet probably 80% of their healthcare yeah. needs, but you know, they're, they're on the precipice. Like all it takes is two illnesses and their HSA accounts can't do it. You have definitely people on the other side where, you know, they have these high deductible plans and, you know, life is good. Um, and then right. you have the third individuals that, you know, have really in essence are uninsured or no insurance, practically yeah. no insurance. And so, yeah. and I think what happens is there, there's a lot of movement from that middle group down and yeah. not quite as much movement from that middle group up. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it maps to, to uh, upward mobility, like in terms of income and, and wealth overall, which is, you know, has stagnated or reversed in the last mm-hmm. 20 years. Like we're, we're not getting wealthier as a nation. Yeah, no, no, no. Wealth Although is very, very bad. If we talk, again, speaking of random topics, if we talk about um, this effort to unionize a plant in, uh, I believe it's Alabama for Amazon. Um, That's right. And I mean, thought. Th- I don't think we can overstate how huge that would be to get union membership back. And I think, again, because people don't study history, I don't think people know and understand, one, why unions were created, and two, what they did in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and 70s. Oh, you mean like the weekend? Mm. Mm. (laughs) Little things like child labor laws? (laughs) Yeah, we think you should go to school instead of (laughs) this factory. And we're we're just going to state that. But yeah, you're you're right. It's... um, but no, I, 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 I totally agree with you. I think that, that we've totally forgotten the role of unions in, yes. in progress. Um, yeah. And I don't, I mean, you know, I, I think that's partly because unions like other social institutions have not kept up with the times, right? I mean, they're still mm. very oriented towards um, uh, manufacturing, t- uh, towards uh, blue collar jobs. Yeah. Towards it. They never made particular inroads in, in services or uh, white collar jobs. Um, and you know, our economy has shifted away from manufacturing in terms of numbers anyway, mm-hmm. um, and towards services. So, uh, I don't think that the, you know, like the, the, the idea of the, the, uh, shop warden being the, um, <laughs> the, the guy calling in the meeting to talk about, uh, on the, on the shop floor to talk about joining the union. It's just mm. the, all of the, all of the tropes are all steeped in, in, you know, the auto industry and in steel and all of the, the, traditional beginning of the 21st half of the 20th century American industries. Yeah, it's well, and, and, you know, it's very difficult to tell someone who is at the height of their powers that they need to shift, right? Because if, if union membership, if the FLCIO had thought a little bit about where this was going, right. Right. You know, they would have, and, they, and I'm not saying that they would have been successful, but they definitely would have, 
you know, because so, I guarantee you the people working 96 hours a week for Goldman Sachs, um, they probably would appreciate, you know, some union protections yeah. to get that down to a nice, yeah. let's, a nice, respectable 75 hours a week. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Which would happen if there were very simple things like, you know, uh, uh, no exemption from overtime over yeah. a certain number of hours for, yeah. for otherwise exempt employees. I mean, that exempt employee category is something that clearly unions would push against in, in instances where it's being abused. But, you know, I, I would, I'll, I'll, I'll defend unions a little bit because okay. um, I, in addition, I mean, I think they do bear the responsibility for not keeping up with the times. But in addition, there's all kinds of exploitation of um, unions for corrupt reasons by mm. organized crime, um, Jimmy Hoffa, and yeah, yeah. Um, also uh, so longshoremen, uh, waste management, um, like all of those, you know, have been exploited in ways that were very um, cynical and, and and corrupt, corrupting mm. of the of the um, the institution, and then also uh, true power and labor has been a target of disinformation and propaganda yes. um, by the people with, you know, who control the means of protection <laughs> um, uh, to the point where, you know, it's, it's almost in some ways at times it's been culturally sort of uh, uncool to be pro-union, right? It's been yes. almost like, like the, the level of, of um, smearing that Hillary Clinton suffered from um in in her presidential run you know it was clearly like the the aggregate of 30 years of smears right? yes it yes. wasn't just what was happening in that campaign it was all of this layer upon layer upon layer mm -hmm. of misinformation disinformation propaganda etc 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 about what a terrible person she is which landed ended up you know feeding right into the whole q lunacy How about to that? the point where like even when that boat got stuck in the Suez, like wow. they instantly spun up a, a totally insane theory about it being somehow connected to human trafficking ring run by Hillary Clinton, which is, I mean, I can't think of anybody else. You know, George Soros gets the same level of just insane. I hate to even call them conspiracy theories because yeah, it, like it, we've de- um, uh, um, uh, we've we've delegitimized. We've taken the power out of that that phrase conspiracy theory. That mm. used to mean like a, a lie well thought or, out, yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, but that was clearly a a made up story. And now okay. we, we say conspiracy theory, like, and who knows? Maybe it's true. Like, no, it's yeah. just yeah. it's just an insane lie. <laughs> it is, you know, pure and, fiction. <laughs> And, and I understand that human beings as a general rule like to know and understand and like to have yeah. things make sense. That's right? right. And so I, you know, I think there's a lot of science that talks to the idea that people spin up conspiracy theories in order to make sense of a world that is increasingly making less and less sense to them. Um, and whether their worldview was correct or incorrect, you know, it's, you know, all like politics, all conspiracy, conspiracy theories are local. Right. So, you know, it, it's really, about that, but yeah, the the I think what I'm what I see is interesting is that there are times where, when confronted with facts, um, people will not necessarily run to those facts, but they will start to run away or move away from the more extreme aspects 
of the conspiracy theory that sucked them in. And, you know, it, it, it's it's right. kind of like the, the Colorado River, right? Just the Grand Canyon just takes time. It just wear down, wear down, wear down. I think my concern is I see people like like doing exactly what you talked about, doubling up. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, oh, well, the reason why Trump wasn't inaugurated on March 4th is because it's all part of the plan. Um, you know, it's actually part of the plan for Matt gets to be, you know, accused of sex trafficking a 17 year old, like the very party <laughs> that screamed I about know. Pizzagate now I is, know. you know, and I, I know. think I read somewhere that Matt's gets is actually going to be speaking at a pro at a pro Trump women's event. Like, oh, my God. I mean, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think that like uh, to, to circle back again, like that mm. things like Matt Gates like are the, the types of things that can can break down. Like, you know, there's a lot of people who've been swept up in the Republican mm. lies mm -hmm. and hypocrisies and cynicisms um, and and, uh, uh, you know, s whatever self-serving um, myths. Um, who will still um, be reachable by, by yes. the moral disgust yes. That, yes. that will, 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 you know, I mean, hopefully we get him like on a stand, right? I mean, I want him up on charges. Well, yeah, well not only that, but I also want testimony from Congress people. You know, if it, and again, this is at our podcast, we are not judge, jury, and execution, but the allegations that he has, you know, shown naked photos to, of yeah. women to other Congress people is something that we nothing. should, who said one, who said nothing. Um, and two, you know, that that's going to be a public spectacle. And you're right. I think the public spectacle, because I think there are some levels of disgust that, you know, like you said, just kind of drawn, you know, the idea of sexually trafficking, you know, a 17 year old woman, a 17 year old girl, excuse me, let me not call a 17 year old woman, right? Like that, yeah. those are the kind of things that strike to the core because there are a whole bunch of people who are, you know, rabid Republicans who have 16 right. and 17 year old daughters. Right. And when you hit them with, you know, would you take your daughter to go see Matt Gates? Would you leave your right. daughter to intern with Matt Gates? Like those are the kind of questions that I think make, make people think a little bit more yeah. about yeah I, i've seen two clips in the last few days um that make me think that that there are some cracks in the dam um mm, in okay. addition to matt gates one is um uh, i think it was in ann arbor it was uh, some boogaloo guys with their ar-15s um and their hawaiian shirts and the boogaloos are are I don't know what they actually stand for. There's some kind of weird. <laughs> oh, the Boogaloo Boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not. They're not quite proud boys. I guess they're not proud. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's some right. kind of weird, like uh, um, insurrection, but like uh, anarchistic kind of. But it's not really. I mean, it's just the same. It's the same cosplay. Yeah, anarchist BS that the rest of these idiots are um, doing. But anyway, this unarmed man, probably a, a vet just telling him to get the hell out and, mm. and saying like, you know, you're not police, you're not in charge. You, you, you have no, mm. we don't want you here. You're not making anybody safer. Mm. You're making children more at risk, like get out. And he yeah. used a lot of very strong language and then, <laughs> <laughs> which was great. And he was walking right up to these guys. Um, 
and they were very intimidated by it, which I thought was delightful. Well, like no, no amount of military hardware is going to make you more of a, of a, a you know, a human being that will stand up for what you believe in, you idiots. Yeah. It's... Um, and then the other was this, uh, I think he was some kind of efficient at a, at a church. I don't know if he was a, a pastor or what, cause he wasn't identified in the clip. And then when I went back to try to find it, it had been pulled down, but mm-hmm. um, it was Easter Sunday, they were having a mass. It was uh, um, also in the Midwest. Um, I think it was some flavor of Presbyterianism um, and ice was there looking for somebody. And he mm. was adamant. Like he kicked them out. He said, you're not welcome here. I'm not talking to you. I don't care what you have to say. Come back mm-hmm. if when you have a warrant. Yeah. And I, you you have no right to be here. And he just kept screaming in their faces until they left sheepishly. He oh, called well, them Gestapo and it was great. <laughs> and maybe unfortunately a little true. Like, you yeah. know, these are and, and you're right, those are the types of clips I think that give a hopeful right. element to what's here and and we hope that if people don't have the courage initially to speak up or speak out they see somebody who they identify with who is speaking up and that's speaking right. out and that's then right. they gain the courage to that's to, right. to do and, this and so you know i mean uh, that the, the bar isn't um that you yourself uh find a situation where you have to put yourself in front of four guys who are armed with ar-15s for example mm-hmm. um it's just that you see the idiocy of their stance and the moral righteousness of, of the, the guy telling him to get the hell out. Yeah. Um, and, and identify more with him than with the guys with the guns. Right. I mean, like that's all it takes is just is deciding, Oh, I actually prefer his side. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, and then making life choices that, that yeah. back that up. Right. That's it's, right. you know, it's, it's, I think so many times, especially maybe in, in movies, you know, it's always like this one, you know, one shining moment or, you know, the hero did this one thing and that that changed it That's all. Right. It's like, you and, know, what? and the hero is the the chosen one, the <laughs> yeah. only person who can save us. Yes, he was special. He was born, you know, yeah. Uh, however it was. But you're right. There's this there's this once. It's almost like we remove heroism from our everyday lives, yeah. and we look. Trump himself invoked that, right? I alone yeah. can. I alone can, can save you. Yeah. Problem. yeah, yeah. It is. It is there. It's, um, it's not true. <laughs> so I, 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 I would be remiss in my duties if I, if I didn't circle back to Georgia. Yes. So, yes. so there are a lot of things that were wrong about that law. Um, but I think aside from the, the wrongness of the law itself, I think part of what I'm concerned about is the genesis of that law. Mm-hmm. Like it's the fact that a, that, that law is based on a lie. And yeah. I, I don't think enough people are talking about right. the genesis of, of the law itself. Like the law, yes, is I think actually, you know, it's probably going to be struck down because I think it's just too broad, like, you know, prohibiting feeding people. Like those are the kind of things that even, even some of your hardcore conservatives will be like, uh, I can't defend that. Yeah. But the most dangerous part to your point, I think is, is um, taking the authority over um, uh, local elections, carrying out the election from the state, the state, the state state department the Mm -hmm. secretary of state of the state um and giving it to the legislature it it turns into 
basically, if, if the political party in power doesn't like the outcome, they can just say, nope, don't believe it. You know, which is, I mean, they took Trump's playbook that he tried to run in Georgia yeah, and, and, and encoded it in law. <laughs> it is. So, yes, um, it's very dangerous. And you're right. If they strike down the law and they come back with, okay, we took out the part about water. Yeah. We should not say, okay, that's all right. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. You've made elections in Georgia inherently <laughs> undemocratic, but we're okay with that. It is, um, you know, and I, and I, I, so I, what do you, th- I mean, I have some opinions, obviously, because I always have opinions, but what, what are your thoughts on how you to do? fight? I know, right? That's amazing. Um, how, how do you fight Georgia SB 202? How, like, what, what's the, what's I mean, the what's the strategy for that i won't like, pretend what, to know but i i know how i would find out listen yeah. to stacy abrams yeah okay <laughs> problem solved yep problem she solved <laughs> that is, you know what that, that, that there's <laughs> i think the name of the podcast should be just do what stacy says yeah. um yeah it's i mean i'm I, I would imagine because I, I think all signs are pointing to her, you know, ginning up for a 2022 run, um, which I think is going to be actually very interesting because I think you'll have Brian Kemp, right? The quote unquote mm-hmm. traditional Republican who tries to up his Trump-like bonafides by passing this law, but yeah. clearly because he didn't deliver Georgia for Trump before. Right. Um, Trump is, is threatening to primary him. I, I th- well, I, I think he's absolutely going to get primary. I'm not sure what Doug Collins, um, you know, that representative mm. who was just all, all Trumpy. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to try and run against Warnock in 2022 or if he's going to run for governor. But, you know, I... I <laughs> as I tell I don't you, like their is- chances. I mean, personally, Warnock and Ossoff felt like... Um, all of that hard work and dedication and belief in Stacey Abrams and her organization and people getting behind it paid off. And it paid mm-hmm. off in a way that resulted in the COVID relief bill. It looks like the job, yeah. the infrastructure bill is going to go through. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like that on the political landscape is the kind of momentum that you just, especially when you're your first counter to try to, you know, uh, <laughs> take some of the steam out of us to say like, okay, so, um, well, if we don't like the results of the next election, uh, we're going to overturn it. How about that? Like it's all that's doing is motivating more activism, more engagement. Like somebody said, um, I forgot who it was now. It was, uh, voter suppression only works when nobody's paying attention. If you're doing it out in the open, it just motivates people to, you know, they have time to plan what their strategy is. They get, you know, organized. They, uh, figure out where they're going to, you know, how they're going to apply the pressure, what do they mm-hmm. need to do? Like, and I mean, it's, it's driving higher turnout, frankly. I mean, imagine if we didn't have all the, the uh, gerrymandering and, and voter suppression <laughs> and, and whatever other cheats they're doing. Cause you know, yeah. there are so many cheats. I mean, the invalidating of, of registered voters, like what was it? 300,000 or so that he tossed yeah, out the and then purge. only won by like 20,000. Well, it's, <laughs> this would not be a red country anywhere if it wasn't for their dirty tricks you know i i i I was having some conversations with some friends i'm like you know you need to remember that there was a time when the governor and both senators for arkansas were democrats yeah and it wasn't that long ago i mean i mean it seems like bill clinton was forever in a day but it it wasn't that long ago and and you know i think when i look at georgia i see 
a return to um, to blue roots, right? right? And and I think maybe that's the scariest part about the Republican Party is they they see it too, right? And you know, you try to pay right. with concrete and everything else, but in its mind, you know, in its heart, you know, Georgia I think is a blue state, and maybe they have more quote unquote conservative values, but they are not necessarily conservative policies. No, right? and There's, you know. I heard um, Roger Ferguson. Um, okay. I think he's. I don't know if he's still CEO of TIAA um, or he's, maybe mm. he's chairman of the board now. Um, formerly uh, um, on the Fed or Federal Reserve Board, um, uh, appointed to that by both Democrats and Republican presidents. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and and he was he's part of the, the the open letter opposing the bill, right? Seventy two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whatever industrial leaders, industry leaders, um, mostly CEOs, I think. Um, and, uh, she said, uh, she framed it like, um, uh, Republican versus Democrat. And, you know, are you, is it, is it new for you to be on the democratic side of this argument or something? And he said, I thought it was really masterful. He said, this isn't a, a Republican versus democratic. This is uh, an American side mm. of the argument because given our history, it doesn't make sense to me that we would want fewer people involved in exercising the right to vote. It's, it's in the constitution. It's, it's, you know, intrinsically, um, uh, you know, a, a, a fundamental part of the founding of this nation, the idea of this nation. So why would you want fewer people voting in a representative democracy that's just, it's, I mean, he didn't say un-American, but he framed it like <laughs> it's American versus un-American. And I thought yeah. that was such a genius. Like he said, it's not conservative versus liberal. That's what he said. It's not conservative mm. versus liberal. Uh, he said, I'm conservative, but I believe that we should have a lot of people vote. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> in a representative republic, um, yeah, you, you do want people and gay. Yeah, it's... Yeah, and, you know, out of 35... Um, I think wealthiest nations was his, his metric um, were something like 30th in terms of voter participation. And he said, we should not be proud of that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It just was such a great framing because it, it just takes the politics out of it. It's like, well, I don't know. Do you support the U S constitution? Cause it's got voting in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, not for long. Um, you know, we can, we can work on that. Um, so, so I really do think that's the the my favorite framing of this particular incarnation of the GOP right now is that it's inherently un-American. un-American Forget yeah. about uh, progressive versus conservative, um, you know, uh, whatever. Even even um, you know, uh, racist white supremacists versus not like they can argue that all day long. Like, of course, I'm not racist, or you know, the law isn't racist because it doesn't say black people can't vote. Yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. oh, I don't okay. think that's really the criteria, but okay, <laughs> like, forget about all that. Let's just put all that aside. Do you think more more Americans should vote or not? Right? I mean, like, yeah, it's pretty it, it's... hard to argue that fewer Americans should vote. <laughs> and and here's the, and to your point, Seb, it's not a long answer. Like nope. that's not something that takes five or seven paragraphs to get nope. through. It's it it nope. really should be you you hope crisp and clean. It's well you know if and I, you know so I'll 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 take it back to uh, one of the wisest people in politics and probably one of the most powerful people, um, Clyburn, right out of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think probably aside from Pelosi 
is the congressperson who has the most ability to impact Congress. Yeah. I mean, to Senate, excuse me, right? Um, as well as Congress. And, you know, his comment that, you know, I'm not going to worry about what Joe Manchin thinks when about the filibuster when the right for Black people to vote is being crushed. And mm. I think, you know, similar to what you talked about in terms of framing, like it is, it is very easy to talk about the high-minded morals of, you know, the filibuster, what it was meant to be, and Mr. Smith goes to Washington. You know, however, I think there is going to come a time, and I think it's going to come rather quickly, um, where you're going to have to, it's binary, you're going to have to pick a side on this one. Um, and I don't think the talking filibuster is the way to go to make it more painful because that's all, I'm, I'm sure Ted Cruz and Mark Rubio and Tom Cotton and Hawley, when they heard talking filibuster, they are licking their chops at that. Like that's, yeah, that's all true. they want to do is to be able to it's talk true. for 40 hours uninterrupted about, you know, the evils of whatever they're deciding to talk about. Yeah. Um, Although I was happy to hear that the Senate parliamentarian has given the green light um, to a uh, <laughs> to another. I think it was another reconciliation bill, right? Is that uh, yeah, what she gets to do? It's yeah. I mean, it, it's great, except it's not a great indicator of the health of our, our no government. It is not. It's it like, is not. You know. It, it's such another dodge. It's and and honestly, the thing. So this is the way uh, the ruling came down. Essentially, you can you can do one reconciliation bill per budget is what what the the rule has been, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Schumer said, "Well, what if we amend the budget? Do we get another reconciliation bill?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the parliamentarian said, "Yeah, yeah. that seems right." Like, <laughs> yeah. It so ridiculous like they never thought of that before a eh? like well they never had to right what? because it's never it's never been this tight and you know i think if i remember correctly budget well, reconciliation but the entire obama administration oh, yeah. the only things they ever got through senate were reconciliations so yeah that's true that entire eight-year period they never thought well how about an amendment? Do we get another reconciliation? So now two per fiscal year is what the parliamentarian is saying. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, great. We get like a 20,000 page bill. <laughs> Here we go. Right? Yeah. Well, like, none of this is a healthy democracy, right? This a, is true. Who the hell is the house parliamentarian? This is an unelected <laughs> official. What are you doing? Yeah. Like that's insane. You can't, to determine the rules of our democracy based on what some bureaucrat thinks like that's nuts a b like you're just dodging the central issue which is like yes the, the, the democracy broken. is sick yeah it's sick. yeah it needs help i and, mean and sure great i'm fine with the, it, it getting us through the infrastructure bill before yeah. october or whatever but like can we come up with a more yeah, can solid... we all agree that this is not how this is supposed to work this is not how anything's supposed yeah, to work it's like you're getting on an airplane and there's duct tape all around an engine it's like uh i don't think that's a good sign you know like it's okay we have another three rolls of duct tape <laughs> mm, i see you are putting the so can we focus less on the symptoms and more on the core disease I just want a new plane yeah right <laughs> what do you need a new plane for this one works perfectly the the this plane used to one fly thing, back when my father was a senator old. yeah exactly. yes <laughs> say that part this plane is 200 years old ah <laughs> oh, good stuff good stuff but it's uh oh so i and I, I don't even know where we are in terms of time but i would i would offer one last perfect timing i think okay so i'll and i will do this is maybe a story that flies a little bit under the radar um but the 
you know, but we follow stories here. Um, Arkansas governor, um, Asia, as mm. Asia Hutchinson, yes, um, vetoes so, yeah. the trans bill, yes. right? Which is a good thing. Um, but it gets uh, the anti-trans bill, but the, yes, yes. The anti-trans <laughs> bill, very correct. Um, but then he gets overwritten by his, uh, by the legislature. And I think that's another thing that I see on the Republican party, like false flags of courage, like really, instead of, instead of doing something more to speak about it, you veto something when you know it's going to be overridden. Like, yeah, but yeah. you still have the ability to say, well, I personally, you know, think it was a step too far, but you know, what can I do? The legislature, you know, my hands are tied. My hands are tied. Right. You know, and we've seen this by the before, party right? that I belong in, <laughs> belong to that. I'm literally the executive head of the executive of... <laughs> head of. Yes. But yeah, it's this, you know, Asia Hutchinson, you know, flags and false courage um it's this again the most powerful executive in the state claiming powerlessness yeah Um, and my concern is that we're going to see a lot of it especially going back to what you mentioned in terms of roe v wade um you know i can see a whole bunch of quote-unquote middle moderate republicans or, or false moderate republicans you know claiming that they're doing the right thing um but you know hey you know the legislature overrode it so what what can i do yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. That um, yeah. I, I I used to refer to that strategy in sales uh, or customer service too as the um, I would love to help you. I think oh. that you've been terribly wronged, but my boss thinks you're an idiot, and I can yeah. do nothing about to change his opinion that you are a fool who deserves <laughs> nothing. <laughs> my hands are tied. You, you, here it is. You know you are getting the runaround when someone starts the sentence. If it were up to me, yeah, if it were up to me, exactly. <laughs> All right, that just, just, just know you're getting bullshit. Then, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, again, we All because right, my friends. We, I know, I know, just too much goodness. But um, too much goodness. Oh, oh, we got to do our little thing where we end the segment. So let's see. I actually wrote this down because I'm not smart enough Ooh. to remember. I have. Um, False flags. I know. <laughs> False flags of courage. <laughs> um, and uh, just listen to Stacy. I think yeah. those. <laughs> you know, yeah, or something that effect. Says. Yeah, just do what Stacy says. You know what? There yeah. it is. I think we did it. Just do what Stacy says. Yeah. I feel like that should be the Democratic Party's strategy going into 2022. <sighs> From you know top what? to bottom. Listen, we tried. We tried a lot of other strategies. Maybe yeah. we tried one that actually worked. I'm just, you know. <laughs> it worked incredibly well, <laughs> and has delivered like all. I mean, other than the president. I mean, we could have had Biden Harris with no power whatsoever, which would have yes. been so Ugh. frustrating. Yeah. I was really scared that that's where we were going to be. It is. Uh, yeah. Anyway, indeed. All, um, all because praise Stacy. All praise Stacy. <laughs> You hear that fan? Call up and thanks, Stacy. <laughs>